Welcome to Pop Cultured. I'm Bridget Armstrong. There's so much pop culture news. So each week, we're going to give you our pop five. That's the big five things we can't stop thinking about. So first up, you know, we can't all have the perfect honeymoon weekend in Paris like Benifer. But I don't think anyone has had a rougher weekend than Kid Cudi. If I get hit with one more thing, if I see one more thing on this Kid Cudi walked off the stage at the Rolling Loud Festival after the crowd kept throwing water bottles at him. And this probably wasn't the reaction Cudi expected after agreeing to headline the festival when Kanye backed out. It looks like the ongoing Cudi versus Ye beef may be spilling over to the fans. Their most recent falling out started back in February when Kanye posted on IG that Cudi wouldn't be on Donda 2 because he was still, quote, friends with you-know-who. The who? Pete Davidson, of course. Who's still going strong with Kanye's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. Cuddy and Ye have gotten into it a few times before and they've made up. But Yeezy fans might not be squashing it anytime soon. After all, we didn't see anybody throwing bottles at Kanye when he made a surprise appearance. And speaking of breakups fans may be taking personally, I included, the Bodega Hive is saying R.I.P. to Jesus and Mero. The comedic duo aren't just saying goodbye to their late-night run on Showtime, they're calling it quits on a nearly decade-long bromance and entertainment partnership. The sudden split has everyone wondering, what happened? And the fans are not okay. One jokingly called on President Biden to address it, while another said this breakup hurts worse than their own parents' divorce. It's being reported that their longtime manager, Victor Lopez, may be to blame for the divide. There were claims that Showtime had been getting complaints about Lopez's behavior and that he'd been asked to stop attending tapings and meetings. And apparently Desus was okay with that and Meryl was not. Hence the split. Bodega Hive, just know my thoughts and prayers are with you. And here's something else that has people upset. Sesame Place. There is growing outrage after a video appears to show a costume character from the theme park Sesame Place ignoring two little black girls trying to reach out for a high five. As I'm recording, I'm just trying to get their reactions because everyone can see they're so excited. So to see the family next to me be acknowledged and to have them be ignored and then the family right next to us be acknowledged at that point, I have already stopped the video. It was heartbreaking. Honestly, I didn't even know this theme park existed, but clearly it isn't all sunny days in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. One mom is calling out the character Rosita for alleged racial bias towards her niece and daughter. In the video, you can see a person dressed up in the Rosita costume, waving and high-fiving kids, but visibly not waving at the two little black girls and telling them no. Turns out this mom isn't the only one with a story like this. Other parents started posting videos on social media showing similar incidents where black children were ignored. And a lot of celebs, including Kelly Rowland, took to social media to speak out against this discrimination. Of course, Sesame Place issued the usual statement, and Sesame Workshop, that's the nonprofit that runs Sesame Street, said they're doing a bias training. They also claimed that the person behind the Rosita costume wasn't saying no to the girls, but was saying no to photo requests. 
However, a lot of people aren't letting this go. And this weekend, protesters were out at the park to make their voices heard. It's crazy that a show that was basically made for inner-city black kids has a theme park that's uh, discriminating against them. But I don't want you to think last week was all bad. In fact, it was a major week for movie and TV news. Of course, Issa Rae gave us rap shit to fill our insecure void. But the thing that has us all on the edge of our seats? The teaser trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. On Saturday, the trailer dropped, and fans are in their feelings, but in a good way. Ryan Coogler returned to direct the movie and write the film. We still don't exactly know what the plot is, but we do know that Marvel did not recast the late Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. And most of the Black Panther main actors are returning to reprise their roles with a few new additions like Michaela Cole and Tanach Huerta. All I know is that between the visuals, the music, and that emotional speech from Angela Bassett, I'm definitely going to brave the COVID streets to sit in a theater and watch this movie when it comes out in November. Another movie people couldn't stop talking about this weekend was Jordan Peele's Nope. The thriller starring Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer killed it at the box office, but the buzz wasn't just for the movie's opening weekend. A viral tweet that pointed out the differences between Kiki Palmer and Zendaya's careers and linked them to colorism blew up. And it sparked a lot of debate. Personally, I love Kiki Palmer. To me, she's been a star since Akilah and the Bee. She was a Disney Channel star, and she was the lead of her own Nickelodeon show. She hosted Good Morning America, and she starred in some really big movies. Kiki Palmer stays booked and busy. And she is an incomparable meme queen. Of course, Kiki weighed in and addressed this whole conversation herself on Twitter, shutting down the comparisons and asking people to let her career speak for itself. After all, she definitely has the receipts. And keeping with stars we stand, we've had a lot of fun moments with celebs here on Pop Culture, and many of them you haven't even heard before. So today, we're sharing a few of these moments that didn't make it on previous episodes, and a few of our favorite conversations. Last month, we had the amazing Angelica Ross on to chat with us about her iconic roles on Pose and American Horror Story. And we also talked about trans representation on and off the screen. But what you didn't hear was this fun little lightning round I did with Angelica at the end of our conversation. Check it out. So I'm just going to ask you some questions. I might throw some other ones in there. But what's your favorite horror movie ever? Oh, I would have to say, does Get Out count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because listen, ain't nothing scarier than racist white people. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, so that shit scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Love that. What are you binging right now? What am I binging right now? Well, I just finished binging The Circle <laughs> on Netflix. I'm so congratulations, Frank, on winning The Circle. So, yeah, I, I've been binge watching that. But also I'm catching up on I'm catching up on This Is Us. Like, whew, 
Let me tell you. You want to cry every day? Every (laughs) time. I can't take it. I watch a couple in a row, but after I just had to. That ain't the. You can't easily binge watch that show. You know what I'm saying? And also, they become like family members that you don't want to say goodbye to. So you find yourself kind of like saving up episode, you know, slowly getting to the end because you don't want to say goodbye. So that right now, uh, Randall and that whole family. Oh, my God. Just what a show. It's amazing. Great show. That's the last thing I binged. I saved the last season for it to end. And then I binged it all together, which is probably why I'm depressed right now. Because I watched (laughs) like 18 episodes of This Is Us back to back. (laughs) Wow. See, you can't do that. Yeah, I shouldn't have done it to myself. Everything in moderation. Ain't you heard that before? Everything in moderation. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. So I know you're a Drag Race fan. uh, The show Drag Race. Yes. Okay, what is the biggest drag race scandal? What is your biggest, like, this was an upset, this person was robbed, this lip sync wasn't fair? What is your biggest, like, standout thing? I'll tell you mine, too, so we both be put it out there. Well, I, you know, I will say this. As far as an upset, I, I will just say that I feel like so many times there are a few queens that end up going on the show that end up being misunderstood. And I think that the television and the reality format sometimes isn't as nuanced as it needs to be for them to exist in that space. Case in point, trans people, that is not something that was immediately accepted in that world of RuPaul's Drag Race. It was something that we had to advocate for RuPaul's to be more open about. And there's not really, for me, enough of an open enough conversation around how we got there sort of situation. So I feel like as we watch some of the girls on TV from Peppermint to Gia Gunn to Carmen Carrera, Jiggly Caliente and just uh, so many others. And I'm even thinking about Bixen, who as a, a black queen who's all about activism and things like that. I feel like there were many times that she was misunderstood on that show. So for me, it's always I'm the girl who's championing the queens who are misunderstood. I understand that. Yours is so much more thoughtful than mine. Mine was just like, Shangela was robbed. Like, that's it. <laughs> like that's it. We had Shangela on the show, and that was the interview. Like, the interview was she, me yeah. telling her over and over, you were robbed. <laughs> Shangela is, let me tell you, Shangela is a force. Shangela is an unstoppable force. She's one of those people I immediately could see when I saw her on TV. And we become friends. We met in real life. We kind of, you know, we support each other, that kind of thing. And since the latest season of Drag Race All-Stars was still going on when we talked, I had to ask Angelica who she wanted to take home the crown. This season of All-Stars, who are you rooting for? Shay Kool-Aid. I'm rooting for everybody Black. But, I, but let me tell you something. I'm rooting for everybody Black. But... Watch out for that Jinx Monsoon. Watch out for Jinx Monsoon. Because she, watch out for Jinx Monsoon, is all I'm going to say. Watch out for her like we had to watch out for Sasha Valentino. Because I didn't see that coming. That was my upset when Sasha Valentino all of a sudden lifts up a wig and rose petals come out. And I'm like, watching. I'm like, no! No! Because she's slaying. She absolutely slaying. And I'm looking for my girl, Shea Coulee. I'm like, no, girl, I know it's happening in real time. She's killing your ass on the, on the stage. She's killing you. Like, yeah. Because I was rooting for Shea Coulee, um that season. I mean, it worked out. It all worked out. What's your go-to lip sync song? Ooh, okay. So I'm going to tell you, my go-to lip sync song is by Shantae Moore. And it's called Inside My Love. 
And when I tell you, I got a chance to tell Shantae Moore because she made a, a cameo appearance in one of my music videos. And I got a chance to tell her, I said, Shantae, oh, you don't understand. Inside My Love was the song that only the prettiest the girls could do. It was a slow, sexy song. And if you don't got sex appeal, you couldn't go nowhere near that. You couldn't be no booger on stage doing <laughs> Shantae Moore, Inside My Love. You needed to be able to two spirits. It's just like you gotta, ooh, you gotta be able to deliver. And that is my all time favorite because it was like, it made me feel like I was just the, I can't say the words I want to say on this platform, but it would just make me feel like I was the most. You were feeling yourself. That we're going to say you were feeling, feeling yourself. Yes, I yeah. was feeling my oats. Yes. Love that. Last lightning round question. Of the role, like a role you haven't played before, what is a role, like a dream role you would love to play? I would love to be in like a 007 James Bond film and be like a Bond girl, very sexy, but also can handle a weapon. I think I got that like haircut going on too that I can do that. But then I also want to be a superhero. So between those things, I think some things might be coming down the pipeline, hopefully. I'm very excited to see. Cannot wait. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Enjoy your week. We love to talk about fashion on this show. And back in December, we got a call from a true style icon. Hello, everyone. My name is Tam France. I am one of the hosts of Netflix's Queer Eye and also the co-host of Next in Fashion. On each episode of Queer Eye, Tan is there to help people find their personal style and their confidence. And Tan's kind of a fashion icon himself. So when we caught up with him, we wanted to know where he gets his sense of style. And I asked him for some of his most iconic moments in fashion history. I don't love a trend. I've never loved a trend. I don't like being told by some random lady in a tower in New York or in London saying, you should all be wearing this. I think the whole world should wear this. No, thank you very much. I'll decide what feels good on me, what looks good on me. And so I would suggest we stop playing into every trend. Pick and choose what actually could make sense for you long term. Stop buying things that will only last you three to six months and purchase things that will hopefully last you years and years and years. And where possible, go thrift shopping. Help that be supplemental, like have that be an extra piece that gives you that little bit of edge that makes you look different from everybody else. There are so many ways you can buy clothes these days. It's not just, I've got to go to the mall and that's my only option. You can get things from all over the world. I think that now, if we can't be creative in this day and age, we never will be. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of your favorite, most iconic style moments from history. Things that have stood out for you or even things that sort of help shape your personal style. I know you don't follow trends, but something that maybe inspired you. Um, oh gosh, this is going to um, sound ridiculous because I was, I couldn't do this because I was in a working class poor family. However, what were they called the new look in the 40s, really late 40s? After the Second World War, 
So during the war, material fabric was rationed. And so after the war, designers, most importantly Christian Dior, created what they called the new look, which is where they had really full skirts and loads of fabric. But the new look was definitely something that I was inspired by. I thought it was iconic. The oranges and browns of the 70s were just beautiful. They made a major comeback. They don't really go away. Suiting the way it was created in the 70s with a really bold shoulder, not shoulder pads, but really bold shoulder. That's still a thing today. With women's wear, we're seeing that 70s style tailoring come back. It's, it's been on the runway this season. The 80s, even though I hate so much about the 80s, if you watch shows like Golden Girls or Designing Women, yes, I'm clearly homosexual. Um, those two shows are fascinating. The women on those were some really creative stuff that wasn't really around before the 80s. And then we see, in my opinion, iconic looks today. I mean, we saw Billy Porter in that tuxedo dress that was a reference to somebody else's iconic look from uh, years back, but it was iconic. And then there was a dress that Kate Blanchett wore on the Oscars red carpet. It was, oh my gosh, I'm going to go insane that I can't remember who it was. She won she. It was um, Cerulean and Lilac, and it was one of the most beautiful dresses I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And then there's a girl called Emma Corrin who played Princess Diana on The Crown and she wears a lot of Schiaparelli and I think she's iconic. Amazing. I love all of those. Especially the Golden Girls reference. I too am a Golden Girls lover. And Rose was fly. Rose could really dress. She looked like she had really nice feet. Sometimes Blanche too. Blanche too? Yeah. But they, they did my girl Dorothy wrong. They did her so dirty. You know, actually, Who's down low, the best dressed on Golden Girls? Sophia. Mm. Just go back and watch. I watch it every day. Go back and watch. Me too. She has some <laughs> wicked dresses or some wicked outfits. She looks so chic. Like, if you were to put that on Gigi Hadid and send her down a runway, you'd be like, yeah, that's correct. That's, you would You would wear that in a heartbeat today. She was so, so stylish. Yeah, Sophia's actually the best dressed on the show. All right. Hot take. Sophia's the best dress. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking to me. Lovely talking to you. So I don't know if you've noticed, but the 2000s are kind of having a comeback. So my daughter's into what's now called indie, but I call it like the 2000s vintage clothes. So it's a great time for me because like I had the vintage clothing then and whatever I saved is even more vintage now. Christina Milian was one of the 2000s It Girls. She was in Love Don't Cost a Thing with Nick Cannon, Be Cool with John Travolta, and she had several hits, including Dip It Love. So she's exactly the person we wanted to talk to about the return of the aughts style. Now, we'll set aside the indignity of having your kid and all their friends calling the styles you made famous vintage. Thanks for making us all feel old, Christina Milian's daughter. There are some other things she's happy to see coming back, though. Lip gloss. I don't think I've ever gotten off the craze of lip gloss. I see people more often kind of just like, you know, enhancing their own look with like a glossy like lip. And it's like the thing now. But there are some things that can definitely stay in the past. Now, I would not bring back 
and eyebrows. I'm perfectly fine with keeping the thick brows that we have right now. For sure. I mean, and that one, I saw a tweet that was like, everyone who's gone and got microbladed or done some other thing to like get thick eyebrows again, what are we going to do when thin eyebrows come back? And I'm like, pray this day never comes. (laughs) Oh, I hope not. I know it's funny because back in the 2000s, my mom always used to tell me like, don't let anybody pluck your eyebrows. And then when I was like doing music videos and stuff, one makeup artist would be like, let me just do a little. And like, I would go back and look in the mirror afterwards and my brows were so thin. So yeah, I won't be making that mistake again. I always intended to have thick brows, even when it was in to have thin brows. (laughs) We love it. And you know what else we also love? Gonna do a game of this or that. Velour suits or all denim everything. All denim everything. I still do all denim everything. Velour is cute, but it always reminds me of like watching The Sopranos. So I'm going to go with all denim everything. You know, it reminds me of the scene in Love Don't Cost a Thing when you like, when you give Nick Cannon a makeover, he ends up in like a velour suit. Yeah, <laughs> I swear to you, I thought about that Sean John velour suit just right now when I was talking. So yes, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> good on Thank those. You. Okay, good on those. Okay. Low rise jeans or trucker hats? Ooh, oh no, low rise jeans. Okay. I know it's kind of tacky, but trucker hats just never fit me right. They were cute and all, and I know everyone can wear them, but I prefer dad hats over trucker hats. So the low rise jean for me, because I'm short, it actually works out and makes me look taller. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Okay, this next one's funny. I'll tell you after you guess. Capri pants or visible thongs? Oh no, that's terrible. Both of them are terrible. Can I tell you something? What? When yes. we look, when we were looking up, what are some trends? Oh yes, you know I have, I have the visible. You thong. were the picture for both I her free pants and in style invisible thongs. Girl, I was a post, I was a poster child for both of them. Absolutely. I see. The thing is, I'm really not a fan of pre pants at all, and I think that the visible thong is so tacky when I think about it now. I can't believe I did it, but it's so funny. But I guess I'm just gonna have to go with the pre pants. It's so. Oh gosh. I don't want to see either one. <laughs> you heard it here. Even though Christina, on the internet, it may seem like Christina Million oh. likes Capri Pants and Visible Thongs, but she does not want it no. at all. Once upon a time, let it go, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Okay. Buffy or Dawson's Creek? I'll go Buffy. I'll go with Buffy. She was edgy and I, I like edgy girls. Okay. <laughs> one-on-one or half and half? Ooh, uh, you know what? I'll go half on half. Okay. Yeah. Um. The mall or movie theaters. Rest in peace to both. I feel like the pandemic really ended that. so sad. I still do both. You know what? The mall is not dead and neither is the movie theater. I still do both. And I think for me, I'll I'll go with the mall because I think the mall, like that's where I used to do all my hanging out. Of course you shop and stuff, but most of my teen teen years was spent walking up and down a mall to meet people. And it was like the only time your mom would like drop you off because she was shopping and you could hang out with your friends. So we'll go with the mall. Keep the mall. For sure. That was like also like, I'm a real teenager when your mom lets you like walk around with just yes. your friends. Yes. Such a rite of passage that I feel right? like I wish kids had these days, you know? Right. right? Two more. MySpace yes. or Black Planet? Oh, darn. 
I would go with MySpace because MySpace for me was more legit. I had so many fake versions of me on Black Planet. People actually really thought that they were dating me or talking to me. Like I met so many guys that were like, I, would, I talked to you on Black Planet. So see, they needed the better way of verifying who exactly was talking on Black Planet compared to for me, I had, you know, the verification sign on, on MySpace. Plus I had the music and all that other stuff. I even signed a deal with MySpace back in the days. And for those of you men who thought you were talking to me on Black Planet, it wasn't me. <laughs> That's hilarious. You were catfish before catfish. Somebody catfished as me, yes. Black Planet, um, actually, is still around. Okay. To this day, you can make a Black Planet page. I heard that a couple years ago. Actually, like, Karuchi and my friend Joey and them, they were all just, like, laughing and just talking about their days on Black Planet. So we were just all joking about that. You know, I have a show idea. I'm like, we should... People should meet the fake versions of Christina Milian oh who catfished them back in the day. Like reunite people and see if there are any I'm sparks nervous. I'm a little nervous about it. Hosted by you. <laughs> I'm really nervous about who those people were. <laughs> I am too. I'm a little nervous too. Let's hope they were harmless teenagers because we were teenagers back then. Okay. And the last one, um, Mean Girls. Or bring it on. Oh, man. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> I mean, there's obvious reasons because I was in a bring it on movie. <laughs> so bring it on. Fight to the finish was me. But I do think that Mean Girls has a lot of quotable moments in that movie. But yeah, I'm a bring it on girl. <laughs> mean Girls was a great movie. Bring it on is a great franchise. I agree with that. Yes. Glad that we said we are for like the you know the beginning of the millennium, um, and it's nice to kind of revisit it. That's it for us today. I'm Bridget Armstrong, host and senior producer of the show, and I work with an amazing team who held it down while I was on vacation. Alicia Key is the show's producer. Andrew Calloway is our senior engineer. And we had engineering help from Ellie McAfee-Hahn. Graylin Brashear is our senior director of audio. Big thanks to Angelica Ross, Tan France, and Christina Milian for talking to us. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. And in the meantime, be sure to rate, subscribe, and tell a friend.